We are back here on Inside Black and Go. We're going to break down the injury report and kind of go through what all of this means heading into a matchup with the Colts, um, a team that if you looked at this list, you would assume they were a lot healthier. But if you look at the actual status of the players, then you'll be able to see, okay, the Saints are in decent position. They just have a lot of names on the injury report. They're not necessarily guys who you're worried about them missing games, but it's a long list. So let's go through it. There was only two players who missed practice this week. Or I'm sorry, on Wednesday. And that is James Hurst with an ankle injury. I expect him to be out a good bit. They didn't put him on injured reserve, which means that they expect him to be back within four weeks. But it still doesn't sound like it doesn't appear like something that you're going to be you're going to be expecting him to be back this week, probably not next week. So I think you're going to continue to see Andres Pete at left tackle. Either way, he was a DNP at left. Or he was a DNP on Wednesday with an ankle issue. The only other DNP was Alvin Kamara, who was dealing with an illness. And I would not be surprised to hear that there is some sort of bug going around the Saints locker room. Because when we talked to Derek Carr today, he was coughing up a storm. And, you know, it's probably just one of those things where it just runs through a locker room. So that's something to watch this week. If you see a couple guys miss days of practice with an, in, with an illness, then that, that might be something you're looking at. Either way, let's continue. The next nine names were all limited participants. So you had tight end Jawan Johnson with a calf injury. Now, yes, it's not good that he was limited, but yes, it is a good thing that he is on this list at all as anything but a DMP because we have not seen him at a practice since ahead of week four when he injured his calf during warmups ahead of the game against the Bucks. So Dennis Allen this week said that he was optimistic that Jawan would be back out there. And so this is a good sign that that might be the case and you might finally get your seam splitting tight end back on the field because I think that that has been something that has been very limiting for this offense in the middle of the field. Now, weeks one through three, they didn't really use them. So it's tough to say, okay, this is a huge, huge thing that you're getting him back based on what we have seen already this season. But I do think as you've watched how the Saints have used Taysom Hill over the last few weeks, he's setting new record highs and catches basically every week. I think that's just a sign that this team is trying to incorporate the tight end more. And if you replace Taysom Hill with Juwan Johnson in that role, I think you get a lot more dynamic. Foster Morrow probably isn't on the field even trying to catch that pass late in the game against the Jags if Juwan Johnson is healthy. So it is definitely an upgrade, and hopefully he can get back out there because <clears throat> there's a reason this team really likes him. There's a reason this team signed him to an extension and brought him back. And so, hey, let's let's hope for the best there. A couple other guys returned to practice. JT Gray has been dealing with a hamstring injury. He has not been out there since week five against the Patriots. So that would be good to get him back, especially on special teams. You know, they got beat on a fake punt last week. And you can say, hey, maybe if JT was there, he would have played it better. And maybe that isn't successful. Either way, he's been an absence that I think is undervalued in terms of what he actually does provide. The other guy, Landon Young, hip injury. He's been out as well. And that's been limiting in the sense that when you're without both of your starting tackles and your backup right tackle, that's a problem. So having him back is helpful. Ryan Ramchek back to practice in a limited capacity. That doesn't technically mean he has cleared the concussion protocol, but it is the first step in clearing the concussion protocol is getting back on a limited capacity. So that's a good sign for him as well. I think there's a chance you get him back this week, and that would likely mean your starting tackles are Andres Pete and Ryan Ramchek. But it's also good to know that if you need him, and I imagine you will elevate him either way, 
Cam Irving can step in at right tackle and play well, which I think he did to a pretty good extent in week seven. So, you know, I think from a from the perspective of the, the offensive tackle seemed like the biggest issue that you had over the first few weeks of the season. I think you have found some stability there and you can move forward. The other guys, so the, other, the one guy that is not worth really talking about, tight end Jimmy Graham, he's limited with rest. What is he resting from? I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Demario Davis was limited with his knee injury, and that is an advancement from last week. He missed all three days of practice last week. If you believe Demario, doctors told him that he had a 0% chance of playing in that game, but he did anyway. He was wearing a knee brace. He was limited. He came off the field on a few key plays, Pete Werner was the guy with the green dot on his helmet, so he was communicating. So it wasn't Demario who was making all the calls, even though he played the mic and and Pete played the will. He basically served the same role that he that he would have regardless, but he was the communicator. So it's good to know that he can do that. And Demario is going to be one to watch because while e- even if he is able to play, you do have to wonder if with a knee injury that he is fighting through, is he? able to do the things you need DeMario Davis to do. And last week, it sure seemed like there was just lack of speed on the defense. And he, I don't think he was able to get to the plays that he needed to get to the entire game, particularly to the edges of the field. And so I think that that's something to monitor. Is he your best option? Obviously, you love DeMario Davis. You love what he brings to the table. But how limited is he with that knee injury? Because if your answer is too much so, then it might be a situation where even if he's willing to play through it and be a warrior, which we know he is, are you better off with, say, Jalen Smith being called up and playing? He was up there last week, spent the entire game on the on the bike, staying warm, staying ready, but he never got in the game. And to me, and I've said this, Jalen Smith has been DeMario Davis insurance since day one. You brought him in for that exact purpose. If you feel like De- DeMario just needs a, a week to heal, then do that. It's it's not benefiting anyone to have him out there at a level that is not helping your defense succeed. So let's keep that in mind. It's something to watch. I don't expect Demario to miss a game. He's never missed a game due to injury in his career. But again, just keep an eye on it. Safety Tyron Matthew was also limited with a foot injury. Played through it last week. That's another one that I think you have guys who are playing hurt. And especially against a team like the Jags with so much speed, I think that really worked against you in that Thursday night football matchup on defense. Hopefully these guys can, you know, with 10 days in between games can get right and and it won't affect them as much as it probably did in that game. But it's something to keep in mind. Safety Marcus May, he's actually dealing with a hamstring injury. Now they sent out two injury reports. He was initially listed as a shoulder. They corrected it to the hamstring. I grabbed the wrong one. That's my bad. The one that is up there on the screen. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. Either way, he was limited. The other guy who was limited, quarterback Taysom Hill with a chest injury. He worked out with the quarterbacks at practice on Wednesday. He's wearing a red non-contact jersey. And so, you know, that's really just keeping him out of potential contact. I don't know how significant that injury is, but if Juwan Johnson is back, it could mean a more limited role for Taysom in the game plan in terms of fewer hits being taken. And maybe you see more reps of him at quarterback. Maybe he throws a few passes. You know, I don't know if it's going to affect your game plan, but it's something to monitor. The last injury on the Saints side is Kendra Miller running back with a shoulder issue. Now, Dennis Allen told us earlier in the week that he was limited in that game because he tweaked his shoulder in warmups. I don't know 
what's going on in warmups where guys keep getting hurt. But either way, it does look like he is at least able to practice fully. So I don't think it's going to keep him out. And hopefully he's able to have a bigger role in that game plan. I think Jamal Williams is going to take a lot of his snaps anyway. But Kanye Miller was only on the field for three snaps in that game. I think you'd probably like to get him closer to 10 to 15. Right. Jamal Williams was also on a pitch count. And that's why you suck. Alvin get such a big workload. I think you're probably going to, I think Jamal's probably going to end up seeing the same amount of carries and you're going to filter some of those carries over to Kendra on the Alvin side where you don't necessarily need to overload him the way you did last week. Now on the Colts side of things, there's only five names listed, but all five missed practice. So that's obviously a more significant thing than the Saints players who are a majority limited. So you have cornerback Juju Brents. He's dealing with a quad injury. Tight end Kylan Granson dealing with a concussion. Defensive tackle Eric Johnson, the second, dealing with an ankle injury. Running back Zach Moss with an elbow slash heel injury. He and Jonathan Taylor form a pretty impressive duo in that backfield. So that'll be something to watch because if they're limited to just Jonathan Taylor, That'll help the Saints game plan against that defense. Either way, the Colts are going to try to run the ball, and they're very good at it. So that's going to be the Saints, something the Saints have to find a way to manage. And then finally, offensive tackle Braden Smith with a hip slash wrist injury. So those are going to be five names to watch on the Colts side because typically what you're looking at with injury reports is if you are a DMP on Wednesday, then you are assuming it's not for rest, then you are kind of on alert to potentially miss the game. If you're limited... In, I'd say probably 90% of the time you'll end up going, assuming you don't have a setback. If you end up on the injury report late in the week, you will, in a lot of instances, not end up going. So it's possible that more names get added here, but we're going to keep going. This is Inside Black and Gold. We're going to go to the final segment. It's going to be a mailbag. So if you have not gotten your questions or comments into the feed, please do that. It's going to be a little bit of an extended break. And I'm going to go through and star as many comments as possible. Again, I'm Jeff Nowak. I'm your host coming at you solo. Today, we went through the Chris Olave latest in terms of the arrest, in terms of what he's looking at at practice. Went through the injury report. Final segment's going to be a mailbag. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you haven't subscribed yet, either on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, please do that. Appreciate everyone who listens. Leave a rating. Leave a review. We will be right back. <laughs> 